we are now in the second week of a sermon series on the renewal of work. Last week, we saw how our work fits into the gospel story. And, and the questions that I asked Taru this week and the questions that I asked Stephen last week were designed uh, to reflect on the five chapters of the gospel story. We saw that last week. Creation, fall, redemption. Uh, the next slide, please. Renewal and the new creation. And, and we kind of walked through these five chapters of the gospel story, of the gospel narrative. And these questions that I asked Taru kind of falls into each of those five chapters. And that's what we saw last week, how our work fits into the gospel story. This week, we're going to be looking at how we are all created in God's image and, and the implications that has for us in our work lives. And we're going to stay with the book of Genesis this week as well. Uh, the passage we're looking at is Genesis chapter 1, verse, verses 26 to 31. It'll come up for us on the screen. Allow me to read the passage for us. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all of all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living creature that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. This is the word of God. We are all made in the image and the likeness of God. This is the central and beautiful truth in this passage that we are looking at this morning. And I'd like to draw three things out for us from this passage. First, what does it mean? It'll come up for us in the next slide. Thank you. What does it mean to be created in God's image? What does it really mean? Seeing the image of God in the unfolding gospel narrative. That's the second thing we're going to be looking at. And the third thing is living and working in the image of God. What does it mean to be created in God's image? Seeing the image of God in, in the five chapter gospel story that we've been looking at and living and working in the image of God. Let's dive right in with the first thing. What does it really mean to be created in God's image? As we've been seeing, we are all made in God's image. And the first chapter of Genesis makes this point quite powerfully. Just look at the flow of the chapter. We haven't read the entire chapter, but allow me to quick, quickly walk us through the chapter. Just look at the flow of the chapter, verse 11. 
And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and, 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 and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to their kind. Verse 21, when God created the sea creatures and all the living creatures in the, in, 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 in the waters, he created them according to their kind. Verse 25, when God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind and God saw that it was good. And then in verse 26, the narrative changes and God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, after our likeness. So God did not create human beings according to their kind as he made all the animals, but he made us in line with his image. And so this, this verse, uh, according, this phrase, according to their kind, is kind of repeated 10 times in, 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 the, in the first few verses of Genesis. And then when it comes to the creation of mankind, God says, let us make man in our image. The Bible, I think, is making a point here. It is calling us to pay attention to the fact that we bear the image and the likeness of God. Now, what on earth does that really mean? Think about it. What does it mean that you and I are created in the image of God? What does that really mean? What do you think about it? What does it really mean? Does it mean that our physical body is made in God's image? Does it mean that we physically resemble God? Now, that cannot be true because we know that God is spirit. Jesus says that in John chapter 4, verse 24. God is spirit. God is a person He has a personality, he has emotions, but he has no form. So it cannot be that, that made in God's image, it cannot mean physical resemblance. So does it mean that we are created in God's emotional image? This is true. All our emotions are from God. They originated in God. Love, joy, every emotion. We see God having emotions. Sure, being made in God's image includes emotion. But is that what this verse is saying? And to to really understand the meaning and significance of each of us being created in the image of God, we need to look at this passage closely. We need to look at verse 26 uh, from Genesis that is there on the screen for us. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion. God is making two statements here. First, he's saying, let us make man in our image. And second, he's saying, and let them have dominion. Here's a question. Are these two completely disconnected statements or are these two deeply interconnected statements? It seems to me that these two statements, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. It seems to me that these two statements are definitely connected. God's decision to make man in his own image is created 
to God's creation purpose, sorry, is connected. God's decision to make man in his own image is connected to God's creation purpose of man having dominion over creation through his work. We saw that last week in Genesis chapter 2, 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it, to take care of it. So think for a moment here. When God created the earth and the human beings, when God created everything, who would you expect to have dominion over all creation? Who would you expect to have dominion? God himself, right? That's, that, that would be the normal course. Since God created everything, you would expect God to have dominion over everything. But God gives dominion to men and women after making men and women in his own image. That's what is happening here. Now ask yourself the question, what does it mean to be created in the image of God in the specific context of this passage? It's a simple and obvious answer. To be created in the image of God is to be created to have dominion over the earth on God's behalf as his representative, as his ambassador in his image. We bear God's image because God has has, uh, delegated his responsibility of having dominion over creation to us. We were created in his image because we were created to reign over the earth as his representative. And, And how exactly do we have dominion over the earth? We work it and we take care of it. So we were created, we are created in God's image as his representative to exercise godly dominion over all creation through our work. And so here's what I'm trying to help us see. To be made in the image of God is to be created a worker just as God worked in all creation. So this image of God includes, substantially includes, a substantial part of us being made in the image of God includes many other things, but it definitely includes being made a worker just as God was a worker. And that's the context in in this passage, in the creation account in the book of Genesis. So being made in the image of God does not mean we resemble God physically, but being made and being made in the image of God means that God's image is a creator and as a worker, we bear that image. Atharu talked about that and the way she saw her creating whatever she did as part of as a member of the communications team and the organization she works for, she saw that as, as something that she bearing the image of God as a creator. As we see this whole, understand and unpack this whole idea of God's image as a worker being passed on to us, I want to just say that work is that important in God's creation design. To be created in the image of God is to be created a worker just as God is a worker. So work 
as much as you and I love it, I have to tell us, is not your idea or mine. Work is God's idea. Work is not a product of human civilization. Work is a product of divine design. And, and so this desire to be excellent in your work that you have and I have and everyone has, this desire to do a job well, this desire to excel, this desire to be successful at our work is not self-generated. It is God-given. When God breathed life into Adam and Eve and to every one of us, he breathed this, this godly desire for excellence and perfection and beauty in our work. We are, bad, we are made in God's image. Sadly, we have all corrupted God's pure and, and beautiful design for work with our own selfishness and our own selfish ambition. But more on that later. For now, that's the first thing that I'd like to establish. To be created in the image of God is to be created a worker just as God is a worker, just as God worked in creation. And that's the first thing that we are looking at today. What does it really, really, really mean to be made in the image of God? Let's move to the second thing we're going to look today. Seeing the image of God in the unfolding gospel narrative. Now, I guess we're all now familiar with this five-chapter gospel story. We're going to keep coming back to that again and again and again. Creation, fall, redemption, that's Jesus dying on the cross, to bear the punishment for our sins so we can be forgiven and accepted by God, accepted by God. Renewal that's being made more and more in the image of Jesus every day or sanctification and new creation when Christ comes back and he's going to establish the new heavens and the new earth and everything. We saw that last week, God declaring, behold, I'm making everything new. Last week, I traced how work flows through the five chapters of the gospel story. What I'd like to do today is to trace how, trace out all the implications of being made in the image of God through the five chapters of the gospel story. Let's start with creation. We, we just saw that. We just saw that being made in the image of God, being created in the image of God, is, is absolutely an important part of why we are working. The second part of that, I've already discussed that. I don't want to spend too much more time on this. Let's move to the second thing, which is the fall. And sadly, Adam and Eve sinned. They messed up God's perfect creation. They lost their fellowship with God. They were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. And because of their sin, the image of God in them was marred. But there's something really interesting here. In God's tender mercy, even though they sinned, they did not totally lose the image of God in them. The image of God in them was marred by sin, but they did not totally lose it. How can I establish this? Two verses, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, makes this really, really clear. The first was Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, shed, for God made man in his own image. This verse is happening in the time of Noah, many years after the fall. 
And God is still saying, if any man is killed, then it's wrong. It's wrong to shed blood because man is made in the image of God. So even after the fall, God is saying, God is declaring, God is affirming that man still retains some image of God. The second verse in the New Testament, which affirms that we still retain the image of God. Everyone retains the image of God, even though they've fallen. Not the complete image of God, but at least some of the image of God. The next verse that establishes us for us from from the New Testament is James chapter 3, verse 9. With our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. This is obviously happening in the New Testament. And James is talking about good use of tongue. That's the context of the passage, how we need to control our tongue, control our words, what we speak. That's the context. But the, the point that I'm trying to draw out for us is this, that when we curse someone, James is saying, we cannot curse someone because everyone is made in the image and likeness of God. So even though we've all lost some of that image of God, we've not lost it completely. You and I and every human being on the face of planet Earth still retain not the full image of God because it's been scarred by sin, but some of the image of God. Even though our sin has marred it, all of us still retain the image of God. And we've just established that a significant part of being made in the image of God is being made to work. Work, being a worker is a significant part of being made in the image of God. Think about this. What I just said is, what I just established biblically, think about the implications that has, that it has for your work and mine. What I just established biblically essentially means that if all of us, whether believers or not, retain at least some of the image of God, what are the implications at our workplace? Think about it. Our bosses, our subordinates, our colleagues, our team members, our customers, our suppliers, they are all bearing the image of God. Yes, it has been scarred by sin. Yes, it has been marred by sin. Yes, it has been corrupted by sin, but they still retain at least some part of the image of God. Not just believers, but everyone. Everyone's still bearing the image of God in some small way, at least. So this means that our work relationships are not merely economic relationships. It means that our work relationships are not merely professional relationships. It means that our relationship with anyone we work with, believer or otherwise, is holy because it's aligned with God's creation design for work. And I hope we are seeing the profound implications this has. The next time you know, you're in a physical meeting with your colleagues or you're on a Zoom call with your colleagues, pause for a moment. Take a deep breath and dwell in the truth that every one of your colleagues on that Zoom call with you, they are still bearing at least some of the image of God. The image of God in their work is still being retained at least to some tiny extent. However feeble it may be, 
the work they do is a demonstration of a, of the biblical reality they are that they are image bearers of god just as the work you do is a demonstration that you are an image bearer and so because we all retain some part of the image of god that we were created in because this is true then it means that there is divine fellowship when we work together why do you think it feels so good to work together in a team it's beyond fallen human nature the remnant of the image of god that is in every one of us makes our work truly a divine fellowship when we work together again let us sink in what does this mean for a work the simple and and beautiful truth can replace selfish ambition when we work in teams with godly reverence let us sink in if if i recognize that every member in my team is bearing the image of god that's going to that's going to take away my selfish ambition that's going to take away my jockeying for power that's going to take away that that wrong sense of competitiveness and it's going to replace it with a sense of godly reverence for everyone else bearing the image of god when you go into work on monday morning whether it's physically or online just tell yourself that you are not a rat made according to its own kind competing with other rats that are made according their, to their own kind no not at all you are a glorious human being made in god's image joining with other glorious human beings also made in god's image in divine partnership to work together to to keep god's creation to serve god's creation and to bring god glory through your work our work <coughs> excuse me is not a rat race as i said soon after taru's interview our work presents us millions of ways in which we can commune with god millions of ways in which we can worship god we just need to be mindful and even as i preach i'm just just going to take a minute to pray that the holy spirit will remind us and make us aware of the million ways we can commune with god through our work that's the fall you know we can worship god so much even through the fall the next thing of course the next chapter in the gospel story is redemption christ the bible one of the ways the bible refers to christ is christ is the image of god christ who is the image of god became man and by his life and death and resurrection restored the image of god that sin tarnished in us we can see this in the verse that's there up there for us on the screen colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and then 19 to 20 he christ is the image of the invisible god for in christ all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through christ to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross so christ <coughs> christ 
restores us to the image of God that we lost, to the fullness of the image of God that we got lost. That's, that's redemption. The third chapter of the gospel narrative. The fourth chapter, the next chapter is, is renewal. Next chapter of the gospel re- re- uh, narrative. Now, we have all considered renewal merely as sanctification. We, we think of renewal or sanctification of, uh, uh, as us overcoming sin slowly, uh, experiencing victory over sin slowly, day by day. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> as us experiencing God's grace more and more, more, more and more. But let me, all of that is true. But let me show you that, um, that let me show you a verse that can really expand the biblical meaning of sanctification. Uh, when I saw this, you know, I, I was really led to worship. Uh, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses, uh, verse 18. Very familiar verse. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So when this verse says we are being transformed into the same image of God, what does it really mean? Again, we've established from Genesis that being created in the image of God definitely includes our work, our image as as a worker, just as God is a worker. So being transformed into the same image of God from one degree of glory to another also includes us slowly becoming better and better workers in taking care of God's creation better and better. (coughs) Excuse me. So our sanctification includes us becoming better and better workers. Not merely professionally better workers, but definitely better workers according to God's original creation design. So sanctification also includes regaining the image of God as a worker in us. Let's spend a minute thinking about this. What does being a worker in God's image really look like in the current moment in our lives? It means not just enjoying our own fulfillment in work, which is also godly. We're going to be looking at that in the coming weeks. But more than that, genuinely caring for the people and the world around us. To become a better worker, sanctification of our work in the context of this passage, being being transformed more and more into the image and likeness of God definitely includes us really caring for people around us and the world around us. Us seeing work as a way we bring glory to God by stewarding his creation. Are we thinking of our sanctification like that? 
I'm not just talking about adding more skills professionally. I'm not talking about adding more, uh, uh, you know, education professionally, becoming better, getting promoted. Those are not wrong things at all. But that's not what I'm talking about. Irrespective of your role, position, increment, irrespective of all that, are we experiencing a deep desire in our heart to become better workers as part of our sanctification of being, of being transformed more and more into the image and likeness of God every single day as this verse is telling us. And as we think of this, including work in our idea of transform, uh, sanctification, I want to just quickly warn us about two errors. <clears throat> the first error is to spiritualize sanctification, is to see sanctification only as church activity. Not at all seeing a career as part of our sanctification. That's the first error. The second error, which is going the other extreme, is to completely ignore um, some of the spiritual love disciplines, like reading God's word, spending time in his community, gathering together to Sunday worship, ignoring all that and, and just saying work is, is, is the only thing for me. Both are wrong errors. We, we, both, are, both are errors. We, we need to be mindful of both, both errors. The second error is, is obviously leading to idolatry at work. <clears throat> That's the fourth chapter. Creation, fall, redemption, renewal. <clears throat> and the last thing we're going to be looking at is new creation. We're walking through what does the image of God look like in the five, across the five chapters of the gospel story. New creation, that's the last thing. I want to borrow a word Stephen used when I interviewed him last Sunday. He used the word harmony. We work together in, in, in full harmony. It's not just individually we, we become perfect and beautiful in our work, but together we become so harmonious in our work. And that's one image of what that looks like. And so we just work through the image of God in the unfolding gospel story. And the third and the last thing that I want to draw out for us before I close is living and working in the image of God. How do we apply it? And I'm hoping that some of us are thinking about real applications of everything that we've been talking about this morning. But I want to kind of bring it home to, 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 a, to a strong and, and a simple application. How do we apply this how do we apply all of this to our work? And I want to, may I suggest a very simple application? Your work does not belong to you. Your work is not about yourself. I think that's the biggest application to be drawn from everything that we've looked at. Our work is not about ourselves. You know, the posture that each of us, and not, not just each of you, and I, I'm putting myself first here, the posture of each of our work is that my work is about myself. And that's the biggest sin that we kind of slip into when it comes to our work, whether it's ministry or whether it's work out there in, 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 in the world. Our work does not belong to us. 
we are not working because of our desire to work we are working because god instituted work and he has called us to work and if god has instituted work and he has called us to work he we have to adhere and confirm to god's creation design for work god's creation design for work is not our glory but his glory and all the stress and all the disappointments and all the anxiety and worries and concerns that you and I we experience at work is because we have forgotten this creation truth that work does not belong to us our work does not belong to us we are not the author of our work we are not the master of our work and we do not have the authority we do not have the freedom to define work the way we want to define it and we will find no joy in it we will find no blessing in it we will find no fulfillment in it if you and i choose to live according to our definition and our design of work you see if we are made in a certain image you cannot work in another image if 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 you created a, a car to to go on the roads it cannot it cannot sail in the water it's it's not possible everything has to adhere to its creation design we were created in the image of god and the image of god is about work being a blessing to others and bringing glory to god himself so this morning as i close would you join me as i repent and would you repent along with me say god forgive me for believing and living as if my work belongs to me let us give back our work let us give back the authority over our work to god every authority we've seized let us give it back to god and trust in him and follow wholeheartedly by god's grace his plan for work let us pray father we thank you lord holy spirit uh lord this year lord 2021 is i really believe you are preparing us this year that we will not make the same mistakes of the past i know work pressures are going to come i know huge demands are going to be made of us i know our own temptation of selfish ambition glory for self is going to just rise from within but lord we pray by your grace by your word by your spirit by your community lord by your communion by the lord's supper help us overcome this help us not repeat the mistakes we made in the past and we pray lord that 2021 as as we move towards rebuilding a broken world we will rebuild the broken world with our work through our work with the joy of the lord not our own joy lord help us help us we worship you we give you glory in jesus name we pray Amen.